Thank you, Bev. Let's give the Lord a hand this morning. So good to see you in the house of God today. Who's glad to be here? Who started the year well? Oh, Kylie Williams has started the year really well. She's now a teacher. That's great effort. Has, uh, what would you call it, graduated. So very good. So um, that's a good thing to celebrate, graduation day. So I was going to say something about one up, but they all, they saw me coming and they got out of here. So uh, anyway, great one up. They'll hear it on the on the podcast. And if you are watching on the podcast, so good to have you tuning in with us again today. So let's welcome the podcast people today. And I really believe that if you are watching, that the Holy Spirit wants to move in your life wherever you are, and will do good things. So welcome today. Uh, I want us to prepare this morning for our prayer and fasting. And I want to encourage you in some disciplines that encourage spiritual growth. And that's why we're here. Uh, that's why you're in church, because you want to grow spiritually. You, you're desiring something from God in your life. So just to, to give you some foundations, we are born again, and, and I hope that you have had that experience in your life of being born again. We are born again by faith, believing that Jesus Christ dealt with our sin. And he does that when we repent of our sin, when we, uh, when we recognize we are sinners and we turn to him and say, please forgive me. That's called repentance. And, uh, and we turn uh, from that lifestyle to follow Jesus, to be a disciple of Jesus. And uh, um, from that point in our lives, we are commended to grow and to increase uh, so that we um, don't remain infants but grow to maturity in our faith. And I believe every single person is called to make a difference in the world and to help others find their way to God. Now, I remember saying this many, many years ago. I was just reminded of it today in our worship time, is if you were to go to the mechanic and you go to the mechanic's workshop and he's tinkering around under the bonnet and he's all busy and you're sort of waiting for it to get his attention. Bill, you don't do this. Uh, uh, but uh, when you're at the mechanic's, and then if he were to pop his head up from under the bonnet and he's got a dummy in his mouth, he's like, mm -hmm. you'd be thinking, what is this? This guy's an infant. He needs a pacifier in his mouth to keep him satisfied. And very often we're surrounded in church life by people who need to be showing others the way and they've got a dummy in their mouth because they are still infants. And they live in infantile ways. We don't want to be that person. We don't want to be those kind of a church. We want to be those who are growing in our faith and becoming mature in the things of God so that we can help others on their journey. Is that where we want to be, church? That's good. So today I want to broadly touch on uh, disciplines of spiritual growth. Um, so at the end, I do want to pray for people and lay hands on people and believe for that uh, uh, encouragement, that uh, standing alongside you and believing with you for uh, a growth spurt to happen in your life. And uh, there is something when we lay hands on people and we believe in faith together. And there's something when you take that step forward. We say, I'm stepping out of where I am. I'm, I'm, I'm making a declaration before God and the church that I want to move from where I am to where I'm going. So, uh, I encourage you now to start thinking about whatever I'm saying, things will um, speak to you and you can say, well, I'm going to go forward and I want Jesus to help me with that. I'm going to step out, I'm going to uh, move forward. 
and believe for God to do something starting today in my life. So let's turn to Mark chapter 2. But yeah, as we are entering uh, our time or our season that we do every year of praying and fasting together, it's not too long, but uh, I think it's enough just to get ourselves focused on God and to settle some spiritual things so that we can launch a great year spiritually. So Mark chapter 2, verses 18 to 21. It says, Now John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting. Some people came and asked Jesus, How is it that John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees are fasting, but yours are not? So Jesus answered, How can the guests of the bridegroom fast while he's with them? They cannot so long as they are... Uh, they cannot so long as they have him with them. But the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them, and on that day they will fast. Now this is, Jesus is talking about himself being the bridegroom. And he's saying, someday he's going to be gone, and then that's when my disciples will fast. Verse 21 says, No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. Otherwise the new piece will pull away from the old, making the tear worse. And it goes on, we're going to look at it in a, in a little bit later. He goes on to talk straight away about new wine going into old wine skins and it bursts and all that. But what I find amazing is Jesus links fasting with sewing a patch. Um, he, he speaks fasting with shrinking material for a permanent fix, for a permanent mend. And uh, when the patch doesn't match, it tears an even bigger hole. And the Pharisees were fasting under the old covenant, the Jewish law, and perhaps to show uh, their own piety before God. Um, Matthew 6.16 says that they, they would fast um, to be admired by others. And uh, they, were, they were fasting, they were doing these things that looked very religious, looked very, uh, very righteous, yet they were doing it for the accolades and for the fame of others seeing what they're doing. So Mark chapter 2, verse 22, Jesus speaks about uh, new wine going in new wine skins. He's saying if you, if you put new wine into an old wine skin, it bursts, ruining both. So their fasting, the, the Pharisees were fasting, wasn't compatible with a new thing that Jesus was bringing. So to put the new wine into the old religious wine skin would burst and ruin everything. To patch the old, the, the old, uh, um, the old garment with a, a new patch, it says, would tear it away and make the, the hole even worse. So Matthew five verse seventeen, it said, Jesus said this: "Do not think that I have come to abolish the law of all the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfil them." So Jesus' purpose wasn't to say, we're no longer um, going to um, use, you know, have the old wineskin anymore. He's saying, I've come to fulfill it. So the new cloth that he was talking about was to mend the old covenant that was incomplete until Jesus became the final sacrifice and completed God's plan to save sinners. So Jesus is the patch. He is the new wine. Uh, that completes the law and gives it all meaning. So without the law, we don't understand about why we have to sacrifice blood and uh, why 
you know, there's, I've just been reading this week in, in Leviticus and, and Deuteronomy, those books about all the different sacrifices that were required to make people right with God. So Jesus completes all of that law by coming himself as a, the pure, perfect, sacrificial lamb of God that takes away sin permanently for all people of all time. Let's give the Lord a hand over that one. So the plan of God was that through the old covenant, we see Jesus, we see God's plan to save sinners from their sin. And I want to encourage you, church, we've got to keep the main purpose of the church is to help people find out that they can be forgiven of their sin. So uh, out of everything else we do, that's our main goal, is to help people find their way to the relationship with God through Jesus Christ as their Savior. He deals with their sin that separates them from heaven. So Isaiah 11.10, moving on. It says, In that day, the heir to David's throne, which is, we're talking about Jesus, will be a banner of salvation to all the world. So Jesus is a banner of salvation. He's one who, who if we turn to and look to, we can make our lives right with God. So it says, The nations will rally to him, and the land where he lives will be a glorious place. The land where he lives is his kingdom on earth is the church it should be a glorious place it is a, a glorious place sometimes it's not always that glorious it's not always that amazing but I want to tell you something the promise that God has is Jesus will be on a throne and he'll be a banner of salvation for the whole world to see and his um, his land where he lives will be a glorious place we need to stir ourselves and say I'm, I'm living in a glorious land it's called the house of God. It's called the kingdom of God. It's called the church here on this, uh, on this earth. So it's an amazing thing. But our fasting and praying, and I'm saying corporately together, you can fast and pray anytime you like, but when we call a fast and a prayer as a church, something, something happens that's important. And it, it isn't to prove to others anything. Look how righteous I am. How come you in at the prayer meeting? How come, oh, you weren't fasting? I can tell. I saw you at the bakery the other morning. You know, oh, yeah, see who's fasting here. It's not about that. But as we are called to corporate uh, prayer and fasting, and I know some people, you have you know, obvious reasons why you can't or you choose not to. That's okay. There is no condemnation now. And there will be no one looking across the room saying, oh, well, you are or you aren't. But um, it's not to prove anything to others. But fasting corporately spiritually connects us to the cause of Christ and the good news that the world needs to hear. So we're realigning ourselves with God's purpose, realigning ourselves with the purpose of the church, and we're committing ourselves to, um, to a, a, a course. And we, you know, we have a calendar year that's easy. It's good for us because we always have a close off and a start again. And it's great for us to use that opportunity at the beginning of the year to say, Jesus, we're realigning our focus and our attention upon you. Because the world needs to hear the good news. And God chose the church to be the agent of that good news to the world. So church is not, church is not our social um, comparison. It's not our place to, to, to compare each other. It's for our weaknesses to be shared and our strengths combined so that we can influence the world to know Jesus and that's the point of the church. That's our point. So that people see Jesus through the church. So that there's a, there is a clear witness of Jesus through his people. And we want to be the people who do that and do it well. So the church 
is the powerhouse of God on the earth. So uh, we love to, hit, uh, to quote Hebrews chapter 11, uh, the great faith chapter. I'm not going to read it all to you today, but I'm going to give you a snippet of that. Um, Hebrews 11 verse 34. It says, Their weaknesses were turned to strength, and they became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight. Talking about faith. Faith does what? Weakness turned to strength. Faith in Jesus applied to your situation changes where you're weak to something strong. See, it's a discipline leads to strong, weak people. That's a play of words. When you discipline yourself with faith, it results in strong, weak people. So if you're weak, apply faith and you'll still be weak, but you'll be strong. You'll be a strong, weak person because the the weakness that you have is overtaken by the power of the God working in you. And that's how faith operates. I I, I want to encourage you, if you're feeling weak, that's okay, be a weak, strong person. So be a weak person who is strong. Who's enjoying that little bit of wisdom there? So get this, if you're writing notes, discipline leads to strong, weak people. So you see the guy in the gym who's really strong, he's a weak person who just got discipline. That's how it happens. (laughs) Observe. (laughs) Okay, so what makes faith grow? Discipline is a growing... uh, Sorry, discipline. (laughs) I haven't got my reading glasses on. I can see you, but I can't see you. Discipline is a growth hormone of faith. Discipline is a growth hormone of faith. So people say, oh, you know, we don't want to have KFC. It's got growth hormones in the chickens. Don't worry about it. You get those hormones in you. (laughs) Just grow. It's good for you. Romans 10 verse 17 says, So faith comes from hearing. That is hearing the good news about Christ. So spiritual discipline benefits the spirit and builds character in your soul. Spiritual discipline builds character in your soul. It's how we get that strength. You're a weak person, you get strength by building spiritual disciplines in your soul. So I'm going to give you three quick ones this morning. Meditating. So number one is meditating on the Word of God is a discipline. Romans 10, 17, faith comes from hearing. Now Phil Pringle says this, Sorry, I'll go, just stop a second. Psalm 119, verse 105, one we often quote to ourselves, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Now, Phil Pringle, Pastor Phil Pringle says this, Christian meditation is different to Eastern meditation. Christian meditation is filling your mind, whereas Eastern meditation is to empty your mind. And I'll just add a little, little thing there. When you empty your mind, then demonic strongholds can come into it. That's why Eastern meditation is so dangerous. You want to empty your mind, you want to sit in the corner and say, um, and I'm emptying my mind, then you know what? It's going to get filled by a vacuum of demonic influence. So anyway, he says this, Christian meditation is filling your mind, whereas Eastern meditation is to empty your mind. Meditating on Scripture, we are not emptying our mind, we are filling with Scripture and repeating it over and over. There's great wisdom in what 
Phil Pringle says. So uh, discipline your mind in the Word of God. Meditate on that. See, this week the church will be open from about 9 a.m. to 3 each day. Um, come in your lunch break. Come in your meal break. Come on down. Take some time. Say, oh, I'm just going to get down to the church. Uh, bring your Bible. Have it open. Um, and, and give yourself some time to meditate on the Word of God. Maybe just come in here and just, just be in the presence of God just for, just for a moment. Make it a sanctuary of meditation. Give it a go. You've got nothing to lose and everything to gain. But just being in the presence of God, bring, bring yourself um, you know, something to write on or use your phone and use the notes on it if you're really good. And uh, you can just be saying, God, what do you want to speak to me about? And give him some time and he'll speak. So meditating on the word is a discipline. Meditate, fill your mind with the word, is a good discipline that will direct your way. Second discipline is fasting. Fasting is a discipline that helps clarify the word of God as we draw closer to the Holy Spirit. Hebrews 12, 11, I love this scripture. It says, no discipline is enjoyable. Now, this is talking about the godly discipline of a, fa- you know, of a father who you know, uses the, the, you know, the, the, the discipline of, a, of a, a smack. Although that's very uncool. You can't talk about that anymore. But no discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. It's painful. But afterward, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained by it. So that reference is the kind of life to enjoy when you have a spiritual discipline of fasting. It's painful. It's painful at the time, but produces a life harvest of peace and blessing from heaven. So a peaceful harvest, uh, a right living harvest for those who are trained in it. It's a sacrifice. It's painful, but it produces a harvest spiritually. So fasting disciplines the body and strengthens our spirit. And that's always a good thing. It, it, it disciplines our body and strengthens our spirit. Another di- a spiritual discipline, the third and the last I'm going to show today, there's many, many other spiritual disciplines. I just wanted to focus on these three, is praying. And I think we need to regain the art of prayer in our lives. But praying is the martial art of spiritual life. So it is our weapon of choice. So you might think, hey, you know, how do I, how do I, uh, how do I defend myself in this world? How do I, uh, how do I um, defeat the enemy's attacks? Well, you know what, you need, to, you need to discover the power of prayer. You need to reawaken that in your life. See, uh, the church that harnesses the truth and power of praying together is unstoppable. And the, the reason I think many churches fail and, and, and struggle and break down and never really achieve anything is because they never learned how to pray together, never learned how to fight together. I know of churches that operate powerfully and they have 24-hour prayer. So there's churches that, that, that have been launched and saying right from the very start, before they even had many people, there was someone, you know, recognized who's going to be praying 24 hours a day all the time there'll be people praying for the church. Every hour, there'd be people praying for the church. A church birth in that will always be a church of the breakthrough. will always be a church that is doing powerful things. It's always seeing 
um, God doing amazing things through that church. And sometimes you think, well, how do we go back and rebirth ourselves like that? Well, we, it starts with a desire within our hearts to say, we want to make a difference in this world. And if no one else will, I'll, I'll make a roster for myself and say, I'm going to make sure that I'm praying for our church, that I'm praying for our people, that I'm praying for our pastors. Ephesians 6 verse 18 says, pray in the spirit at all times. It's biblical, at all times. And on every occasion, stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Philippians 4.6 says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. See, prayer is a discipline that activates heaven's weapons against the unseen spirits of darkness. So, you know, you, you, you can worry about everything. You can worry about your marriage. You can worry about your family. You can worry about your job. You can worry about your money. You can worry about everything that surrounds you. Or you can say, I'm not going to worry about this. Instead, I'm going to pray about everything. And I'm going to bring it to God. I'm going to ask him for what I need. And thank him for all he has done. That's the other element of praying is to be thankful of what you already have seen God do. And when you combine those together, you're creating an element of the supernatural to chase after your life. I'm going to invite the musicians to come and join me right now. And we want to live in that supernatural aspect of life. We don't want to be ordinary. We don't want to do what the world does. We want to be different. We want to be powerful. We want to be anointed. We want to be people who are growing to the fullness of who we need to be in Christ. So don't, min- don't misunderstand spiritual disciplines. Uh, they're not immunity to spiritual challenges and attacks. So you might think, hey, I've, de- been, do- I've been praying, I've been meditating, I've been uh, fasting, and somehow these attacks just keep coming against my life. Don't misunderstand spiritual disciplines are not immunity to spiritual challenges and attacks. What the discipline does is get our faith focused on Jesus that calms the storm within. It changes our perspective. It gives us a new attention. So when opposition, when heartaches, when setbacks, when failures, when calamity or persecution come, there is something in your spirit, there's something in your spirit guts, if that's a thing, to stand upon. Have you got spirit guts? I don't know. But it's like, yeah, when you, when you know someone is able just to push through and believe they've got, they've got some guts going on inside that, that is a little bit more than just, you know, I, I run away every time I, I'm challenged. But you'll be strong. You're focused. You know where you are. You know Jesus is leading you and is with you. You have the Holy Spirit. You have faith in Jesus Christ. He is in control. Despite the challenge, despite what it looks like. Now there are those in church that have lost the zinc and feel defeated, discouraged. Some are just feeling tired and fatigued, worn out. See, the ministry call from Jesus gets relegated to last place when we neglect the disciplines that will keep us healthy, awake, and energized. I'll say that again. The ministry call from Jesus gets relegated to last place when we neglect the disciplines that will keep us healthy, awake, 
and energized. Sometimes we've swallowed the devil's lies and that is the problem. So you need to apply the wisdom of God that it has nothing to do with a physical tiredness because sometimes we're, we're battling a, 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 a fatigue that's got nothing to do physically. We may be perceiving that as physical, but it's actually a, a spiritual condition because we've been, we've been believing the lies of the enemy. Isaiah 40 verse 31 says, But those who trust, says in some versions, those who wait or those who hope in various translations, but those who trust, hope or wait in the Lord will find new strength. It's talking about spiritual disciplines that build strength in you. Those who do that will find new strength. So I really want to encourage people today. You, you might wake up thinking, oh no, it's Sunday and I'm on a roster. You've got a, you've got a fatigue. You've got a tiredness. You've got something that got on you that you've got to get rid of. It's not from God. It's a lie of the enemy that says, I've got to take you away from the plan and the purpose that God has for your life and for your future. It says this, they will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. It says basically they're not going to give up. They're not going to shut down. They're not going to walk away. So the spiritually disciplined people keep growing into maturity. Fasting dis disciplines your body for spiritual good. Meditating on the Word disciplines your mind. And prayer is a discipline that equips you for warfare, for fighting, for winning. Can we perhaps stand together today? See, this week we're going to activate across the church, among the young, among the old, among the older, to make a stand for everything God has planned for us and for this church. And we're going to believe God. We're going to seek after the Holy Spirit. We may go without food for a time, but we're going to be disciplining our body for a spiritual breakthrough. Hebrews 12, 12 says, Take a new grip with your tired hands and strengthen your weak knees. Mark out a straight path for your feet so that those who are weak and lame, in faith that is, will not fall but become strong. 2024 is a year to become strong. 2024 is a year to win the war. 2024 is a year to focus your attentions on what God's calling you to do. There's going to be disappointments. Maybe you've had plenty of them. There's going to be failures. Maybe you've had plenty of those. There's going to be frustrations. Maybe you've come from a place like that. But 2024, we're going to push through. We're going to believe the Word of God. We're going to say, God, I'm going to discipline myself. I'm going to start these next, next few days. And let's just see what God is going to do. And I want to pray, lay hands on people today. And open the front as I said earlier and those who want or need to respond there's a new experience awaiting you in the spirit don't go waiting for don't go looking for a one hit wonder moment saying oh yeah they prayed for me and I hit the floor and I did all shook and did all this other stuff that's great I love it but you know something 
where the real power comes in when, is when you live in the discipline. When you live in the discipline, then God is with you through everything. doesn't matter what avalanche hits you, you focus your eyes on God. You focus your eyes on Jesus. There is a call, there is a purpose, there is a reason for your life, there is a reason why you're here in Port Lincoln, there's a reason why you're part of this church, is to fulfill a mission that God has destined for you and only you can do it. So as we sing today, I want to encourage you to come. Let's, we're just going to pray with you, encourage you. You don't have to tell us anything. The team will just pray with you, lay hands on you, and believe for an impartation. And maybe it's just a sign to say, God, this next few days, I want to give some time to you. These next few days, I want to be in your presence. I'm going to slow some things down. You know, we've all got work. and We've got other things that we have to do. We just apply some wisdom and say, Jesus, help me to do it. I'm going to come. I'm going to just ask for some, some anointing on me today. Why don't you come as we sing? Thanks, Kimberly.